Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Closed Traffic Podcast. What is going on, Johnny? I know it's been a while, man. It's been a while. We've been hella busy. I can't even begin to summarize how busy we've been, but it is always a pleasure to link back up here with you, my friend, and shoot the breeze. What is going on? What have you been up to, man? Oh my lord, up? man! It's, yeah, it's been <laughs> it's, crazy. It's better to say and, what and haven't you been up to? It's been so crazy, in fact, that you know, I guess it tends to be the story of our lives, right? We're always beginning the podcast. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been so busy. Well, yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things has just been That's opening something. up, and you know, people have been sending it, and people are just doing their thing, and um, yeah, it's just been crazy busy here lately, but. You know, it's time just has been flying, and I'm, I'm sure you guys can attest to that as well. We looked up, and I'm like, man, Mike, how long has it been since the last, uh, what's his last recording? Three man, weeks. it's been like three weeks. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, ro- yeah. So, yeah, you know, of course, we had to, you know, we had to circle back and catch up with you guys and uh, see how y'all were doing. Hope y'all have been doing good, hanging in there, staying safe, and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, you know, it's... Um, you know, it's been one of those things to where I, I'm loving the interaction now, especially yep. spending a whole year kind of, you know, in seclusion. Oh, yeah. And But at the same time, it's almost, you know, too much. But yeah, it I gets don't know. There. It gets there. I think it's just our bodies and our brains trying to get, you know, reintroduced back into society. I think that's a good I point, know. though. Like, we, you know, we say we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. But I think it's worth noting that it's good busy, right? You know, mm-hmm. I know personally we've got you've got some good things going on for me as well. I've got some good things going on with work. I've gotten new opportunities within work that has caused me to become a little bit busier. But that's cool. We're sending it mm-hmm. in real life. So that's Absolutely. fun. You know, mm-hmm. we've got families and we're healthy and all's well. So it's not all that bad. You know, just because no, we say we're busy, no. it means it's bad. But oh my gosh, we're busy, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's so cool, busy. It's, it's good, man. And it's always good to come back here and mm-hmm. kind of uh, debrief, shall I say, sure. with our audience and just talk about what we all love here man aviation uh, yes aviation yep speaking of aviation we've got a guest on today we're welcoming back another guest that we've had on previously actually not too long ago no. uh, if you guys remember we had uh, efs on extreme flight simulations uh, located there in uh, in illinois on recently to talk about their business and how it got started and how they you know continue to thrive and help the community and how folks from all over the world really come in and visit them i can't wait to go check that out but that's a story for another day uh, but then you know we've uh, had some great conversations with uh, kind of their chief flight instructor fabian uh, and he recently reached out and and wanted to uh, bring up a really really interesting topic and i think a timely topic Important very important and timely topic and we say hey man come on the podcast and let's talk about it so we do have mr fabian back on here back on the podcast fabian say hello to the people hey guys <laughs> thanks for having me back how are you all good man thanks all for being well. here awesome <laughs> thanks fabian, for having me man. Yeah, man. You know, last time you were on, you know, you you, you impressed a lot of people, dude. I, I'll, I'll go out and say that. Impressed the heck out of us. That's for dang sure. <laughs> That's for sure, including us. Including us. Yeah. We were just talking about before the show started, when we released that podcast or that episode, we had, uh, we I think, 
Johnny and I both did a stream, you know, probably back to back or one after the other. And everyone in the chat in our streams kept saying how impressed they were with you, Fabian, with all the things that you were able to accomplish, you know, at your age, not just aviation related, everything. Um, so kind of remind folks, man, you know, what's your background? What do you do? What are some of the things that you've been able to achieve? And what are some of the things you're working on now? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> Loaded one, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Take your time, no rush. <laughs> and I don't want to come on here and just brag, but it's, it's, I feel like telling people like where certain successful individuals have come really opens up their eyes that there's not just success behind their stories. There is miles and miles of failure, of failure road that led up to where they are. And I have definitely felt that failure much more than I felt the success. So from everything that I mentioned on the last podcast, it's just a glimpse of what I was able to accomplish, but I had mentioned all the hardships and all the, the setbacks and navigation. It it's, you're going to get that. And the main thing you need is just to keep pushing through, through everything because without that's how the world separates us from the successful and the failures is by seeing who's willing to go that extra mile seeing who's willing to keep pushing through even though they're not seeing for business people not seeing an extra dime in their bank account of profit for aviation not seeing those certificates pop up for people i don't know what else for people working on projects not seeing them get completed as soon as they want to get it completed it's if you got to keep pushing and then the reward will come sooner or later um Things are not handed out on silver platters nowadays. Mm-hmm. It, you have to work heavy and heavy for things like that. And to give an example, I remember this was a few years back while I was still in high school, so maybe a little bit more than mm-hmm. a few. It was 2016, uh, summer of 2016, as you all you guys know, best summer ever in a long, long time. <laughs> best summer. But yeah, um, it was, I believe, August I just finished up one project and I decided um, to do another one and this project was a cello and I was 3d printing a cello so wow yeah this is the story oh. you guys haven't seen of me yet so oh, seen the aviation side this guy man is just full of surprises <laughs> yeah so wait, I wait, started wait, wait, wait. a cello I'm sorry I'm sorry just, just I'm still processing <laughs> you 3d printed a cello yep okay and... I'm sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a full cello, a real working, and it's electric, um, started that August. So here's where the dates play an important role in that failure success story. So started in August, started working persistently up through, uh, keep in mind, I'm still, what was that? I was maybe a junior in school. Yeah, junior, starting junior that semester. Mm-hmm. Um, got to maybe senior year second semester where I finally printed all the parts because there's this website called Thingiverse and Thingiverse, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was getting quite a bit of staff, not just students, but staff saying that I pulled the files for the, the cello off there. I didn't design it myself. When they don't know that I started designing it from August of 2016 up till May 2018. That's how long it took mm-hmm. me to print these pieces wow. because at the printers at school because I didn't have enough money to get a printer, mm-hmm. people were kept on stopping the prints and printing their own stuff. So I would have a, I think the longest print I had was maybe four or five days. Mm-hmm. And it wow. was printing. I left it over wow. the weekend, got to school on Monday, 
and it was taken off and then a little like you know the test boats that, right uh, this little test print steamboat right. yeah that was on there and i was wow. like and i saw my wow. part sitting half finished on the side and i was like you wow. really were so impatient and that's where the hatred comes into play but <laughs> oh my god you could i imagine wow. when you're waiting maybe two days so far to get this print going and then somebody probably came in friday evening put something on and waited for it to print over the weekend but and it's like devastating so and that wasn't just once or twice it was here and there somebody print stopped it maybe even mere hours from it finishing and Damn. most of the staff was saying oh you just got off the ad off thingiverse and i was like no i i painstakingly designed that i made it on wow. big paper and made it um but besides the point then got the pieces done um obviously this is all plastic and i wanted to make it look a little bit nicer obviously i'm not an experienced painter i went over to a local body shop in mm -hmm. uh by the time i live in and they were grateful they obviously charged me but they were great more than happy to paint it for me mm -hmm. so they took the parts they sanded it down even better for me because they have electric sanders i had a little brick sander so mm -hmm. <laughs> uh they got down to a point where they sanded it so much that it looked so polished that it looked like metal wow but at that point if you can see kind of where the story is going if somebody mm -hmm. thinks something metal they put they painted it and put it in the heat chamber to dry no, no. So, wow so come when i was supposed to come and pick it up i asked the receptionist oh is Ray? she's like uh, you can come by and pick it up, and the boss will talk to you. They, she didn't want to say, but I already knew oh, what no. happened. So, <laughs> wow. uh, went there. The main part of it was fine because it was maybe four to five inches thick, and it was a beefy part. But the other, like the curved part of it, was maybe like inch by two inch thick, and just saggy, warped. Oh no! So, oh man! And that's right as I graduated. So. I gave it up for that summer because I didn't have 3D printers, didn't have access to stuff like that until I mm -hmm. got to Lewis. So here's that upturn in the story where you got to keep pushing through all the failures because if you don't mm -hmm. push through, that story could have been ended right there and I would have yep. a half-melted cello and world would just be like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> one thing that did get me pushing is my superintendent. He told my story of like all the other stuff I did beforehand. Mm -hmm. And he got interest of uh, the CEO of COSIN, which is a consortium of school networking. Mm -hmm. And uh, he reached out to me and said, if I want to be a keynote speaker out in Portland, Oregon for him and bring the cello. So they oh, paid, shoot. they would pay wow. for plane ticket for me, plane ticket for the cello, hotel, food, everything, all inclusive. Um, so I was like, okay, wow. that kind of motivated me a little bit to keep going on with it. Um, Regardless, if that wouldn't have happened, I would have eventually got into it. So sure. I but started going. I found out Lewis had 3D printers, so I didn't have to spend money on my own yet. Mm. Um, so started doing that at school. Um, but then I was like, maybe if I get a 3D printer, I saved up quite a bit of money. I was mm -hmm. working at Starbucks for two years at that point. Mm -hmm. um, bought one and then I was printing some at home, some at Lewis and just back and forth eventually to the point where I got it done and then I went back to the paint shop. This was a week before I left to Oregon mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, here, just please don't put it in the heat chamber and don't mess it up because <laughs> I'm leaving in the week to go there to present it. And they were 
I was understanding of them. They were understanding of me. Um, got a back. And the thing looked real. It's something that you might think comes wow. out of a, like a factory and stuff. Here I can, but it's something that you don't expect to come out of something that you've had so much failure in because right. it's you just kind of keep pushing through every nook and cranny in life because if you mm-hmm. don't then you don't know what which what you're settling on what the, what's that opportunity that you're missing your opportunity cost mm-hmm. away in a sense so you never know what that is until you keep going and going to finally see what's on the other side and for this this story it was if i just let go then there would be no cello in my basement right now if I push through, then here it is, and it's just sitting there. And right. I play it occasionally. It's it's an electric one, so it, you can hear it kind of. But mm-hmm. unless you put it into a, like an amp, mm-hmm. then you can hear it here. So, oh, with the magnet pickups and all that. Yeah, yep. that's wow. super cool, man. You've got to send us a picture of that after this. Yeah, yeah. Sure. we, we got to put that on the yeah. website, sure. dude. Heck yeah. In fact, that is going to be. It's going to throw people off too. We're going to have a an aviation oh, man, so podcast, like, and the, the next heck is episode this? is going to have a cello <laughs> on the uh, the intro yeah. image. That's going to be dope, man. That's 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 an awesome story, man. That Thanks for awesome. sharing that because it, it's it's truly key dude like a lot of people especially these days man it's so easy to just get frustrated and discouraged, discouraged mm-hmm. um at just everything that's going on in the world and in life and you give up on something that you know could have probably been you know a lot more in depth a lot more involved had you continued it or found a different way around it and life life gives you is not in in an attempt not to sound corny and cliche but life gives you lemons man you, you yeah know, you've got options to do with it yep mm-hmm. don't make that lemonade yeah that's 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 cool man that's cool our sweet tea for, for a southerner sweet <laughs> tea. we got some sweet tea here man, man maybe you pulled out the yeah. sweet tea in the mason jar <laughs> so before we started i have to go get my sweet tea in a mason jar <laughs> oh man we, we've got to get oh. video here soon man these i'm telling you yeah, get some dead. video on the, on, the, on the next couple podcasts yeah we are man yeah we're 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 slacking but nonetheless <laughs> man that's that's it's you know that story there is to me you know extremely impactful for those of us especially you know those of us who are you know still studying the gear ratings and you know we're worried about fit busting that check ride or you know man i suck at holds you know or something like that and you know that's the one thing i will probably say you know amongst all this you can't be afraid to fail Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to fail, you know. And everybody that I know who's been successful, they've failed, you know, at you know, in one stage or another. But all it takes is once, you know. You may fail a thousand times, but all it takes is once, and it's it's off to the races. So, just an amazing story. And uh, as Mike mentioned, I we are eager to mm-hmm. see. Um, pictures of that cello because yeah, show man, that's yeah. I'll shoot them. I'll shoot them over after. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, man. So you know, um, it's funny you were you know you were mentioning that. Um, you know, you also wanted to I think you were, uh, we were discussing. 
you know, bringing up a topic, you know, that I think we've covered, you know, a few times already. But, you know, I always feel, you know, my humble opinion that, you know, it's a topic that can't be covered enough about, you know, one's career path in aviation and the options that one can take, you know, in, um, in aviation. So did you want to expound on that, you know, um, as far as, you know, some things that we can look out for? Like what you mean? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, I mean, just, you know, in terms of, you know, I mean, options that one, you know, uh, can have in terms of, you know, commercial aviation or uh, as in general or, you know, working for the airlines, because we all know about, you know, the different options that, you know, uh one has you know or banner you know banner flying or you know yeah. pipeline flying or whatnot so i'll throw some additional context in there too like we obviously the large part of the things that we talk about in this podcast has to do with flight simulation uh, at the end of the day that's the majority of our audience that's the thing like we like to do you know outside of flying in the world as our hobby as well but I think there is a lot of, and to Johnny's point, we talk about this all the time, there's a lot of perception in the industry uh, that airliner flying and commercial aviation flying is where it's at, quote unquote, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think there is a lot of uh, misconception um, that... Oh, man, let me try to put this in a politically correct way that a lot of folks across the <laughs> simulation industry are not familiar with or are not in touch with reality with. Obviously, they know that it doesn't start there, right? You don't just wake up and say, I want to be a pilot and go hop in a Southwest 737-800 and call it a career. Wait a minute, that happened. There's not... No. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. <laughs> But there's not a lot of information. There's not enough information about that actual career path and that trajectory towards how you get there. And I think that's why there is this gap. And that's why there's not a lot of thought process or concept around getting to that part of, of, of you know, aviation and that uh, and being able to pursue that from a career standpoint. The other part of that is a lot of folks think that is all you do with a pilot license right that you get a pilot license just because you want to do that and there's a whole nother world of flying that you can tap into as well that a lot of folks again there's not a ton of information out there because everything that we see media wise glorifies commercial aviation and i think that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but there are so many different paths that you can take so to johnny's point you know some of the things that we talked about off the air as well Give us your perspective on, you know, number one, that path to the, you know, commercial sector, if you do want to do that. But also, what are the other avenues that folks can take, right, as it relates to obtaining a, a pilot's license in, in your perspective and some of the experiences, you know, that you have through your aviation journey? For sure. Yeah. So going on on the way of starting where you do, you can start at any point in time um discovery flights that's always that's mm -hmm. where i started i was on a flight back from new york and i popped into the conca and i was like i was just curious i was like how did you like where do you guys start both of them had air force but they said they've had friends where they started a discovery flight so if i want to go 
do a discovery flight, go do that. And I found a local airport around me. And obviously discovery flights aren't cheap. So trying to convince your parents as a, <laughs> as a 15, 16 year old, it was like, eh, I want to go fly. But yeah. so eventually talked them into it and got the discovery flight. And I was baffled by it. It was, it's, Keep in mind, at this point in time, I haven't drawn a car, driven a car yet. So I was like, "Wow, yeah, really?" <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh my goodness!" Flying a plane, and it was it was eye opening. It was like this could be an office view because uh-huh. this is what airline pilots do. Yep. And I've had that that thought as a in the back of my head here and there when I was starting up. I mainly was just like, "I just want to fly. I just want to fly. No matter what I do, I just want to fly." And starting off with that discovery flight really opened my eyes on different possibilities and how to get there by, okay, this instructor was, okay, I'll schedule with him and stuff like that. So I did, like I said in the previous podcast, it's expensive. So I maybe did one or two flights every month, which if you're Mm -hmm. trying to get your private, it's tough to do. It's very tough. You got to just repeating lessons at that point. Exactly. You're you're retaining maybe 20% of the previous lesson and yep. you have to spend half the time repeating what you did before and then half the time learning new knowledge and it's not it's a, a recipe for a disaster. Right. So if you are trying to, if anyone out there is trying to do their ratings and are in the struggle for money and financial states it's better to wait and spend a raise that money and then spend it all at once and like do it successfully maybe every other day or every day if the weather allows rather Mm -hmm. than doing it oh i have enough for one flight but then you wait like two weeks oh i have enough for another flight because that way you're actually spending more money because you have to relearn everything and then Mm. process it all and so it's a longer path and financially it's more expensive to do it that way rather than just saving up the set amount of money and doing it all once every like in a short amount of time um but obviously you and i and my we all know that um it's you go get your private then you can go get your instrument you can go get your commercial there's an option to go do your multi there's an option to do your cfi um Mm -hmm. cfi which by the way isn't for everyone i've seen where i went to school one person just dropped out midway through the course because it's like this is intense it's i don't think i could teach it's It's because the entire flight is you have to fly the plane on top of teaching somebody else and making sure they don't crash the plane kill you so yep (laughs) yeah kill you but it's a big responsibility and for sure not everyone is cut out for it and uh there's days where I'm, and, and this is like the new CFI syndrome. It's like, I'm, I'm like resignation. Am I, am I cut out for this? Am I, am I supposed <laughs> to be with a student right now? And that brings up, um, there's a story. I was, I was in the pattern with my student and we turned base. And this is partially my fault too, because I wasn't scanning completely. I was relying on my student to do it, but I were on base. And then all of a sudden we hear traffic, uh, like, three o'clock same altitude one mile and i was like oh crap what is, what's gonna happen so it was somebody it was a solo student a commercial solo student so not a private solo but a wow. commercial solo not making any calls just on a straight line oh my god which our school and he was one of our students which 
oh. Lewis prohibits doing that. So we have a wow. you have to end around 45s. Of course. Um, and we're just like, okay, I'm looking for I see him. And then I have I'm like, okay, my control is your controls. And then I just do a quick Shondell out. And it was oh. to the point where we were maybe like near 1,500 feet away from them. Wow. Wow. So it's days like that where that could have deterred somebody away from CFIing forever. Yeah. Moments sure. like that, close calls. And I, I told somebody else saw it and they're like, yep, you're going to have a bunch of those as a CFI <laughs> because you're flying so much. <laughs> and it's just. I guess nothing. Yeah, yeah what yeah, happens? <laughs> yeah. I, literally, everyone that I uh, talked to me, they said, yeah, it happened to them at least five times already in their CFI career. Close calls. Oh, yeah. Oh, and especially yeah. if you're at a flight school like Lewis and you have a fleet of around 30, I couldn't imagine when Ebry or w, oh, uh, my Lord. WMU is, they have their own alert area out there. So that's really? crazy. Yeah. I think alert or warning area, one of the two out in I didn't Florida. Know that. Yeah. It's all Just for condensed for the school flight or, or for the. It, it, they denoted it for uh, condensed flight training. Okay. Yeah. We've got so, one north of El Monte as well. Yeah. There was one in Arizona. Yeah, so it's it's crazy, and going back to the previous point, it's just not cut out for everyone. But it, for the people that it is, it is a rewarding thing seeing you take a brand new student and then yeah. literally teach them all that you've been taught, mm-hmm. watch them prosper, watch them finally nail the landing, finally see them um, do a correct steep turn without deviating from altitude too much, see them do a p- engine failure, and actually thinking through things and oh, I'm short, oh, I'm long, and seeing what their mind's doing, mm-hmm. that's the rewarding thing. That It's it's what makes being a that's CFI well cool. worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm going to tell you what's the problem with that, Fabian. And, and everything you said was 100% correct. But the problem I've seen in the past is that, you know, you have a lot of programs, and it sounds like the program you came, came out of was pretty solid. And but the problem I've seen is like you have a lot of programs that, you know, they 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 bring folks, you know, like myself back in the day who start out with nothing, you know, barely know what a Cessna is, and <laughs> they they force feed you this rhetoric of you gotta go, you know, your private instrument commercial single multi engine landing, your CFI, you have to be a CFI. So in your mind you're like, well, I have to be a CFI, but we, but no one brings into the discussion that, do you want to teach? Do you like mm-hmm. teaching? Is that something that's in? It has to be. It has to be something that's in you, and mm-hmm. if it's not something that's in you, you know, that's that's when the problems start to come up. You know, whether it's, you know, uh, instructor-student relationships or. You know, you run into safety issues, or as you mentioned, you know, you just fly overwhelmed. And unfortunately, you know, there's been incidences in the past to where it's, you know, caused the loss of life to where the CFI just wasn't ready for the student's reaction and they just mm-hmm. freeze. Yeah. You know, I've and had a couple of those recently. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I don't think you know enough um i don't think there's you know enough enforcement you know to say that hey is this something that you you know as a you know at this point commercial pilot you want to do you know because i i I know you know 
many of Aviator who they got their commercial, they got their multi, boom, they're off to the races. You know, just completely skipped the uh, the CFI portion. And uh, and to your point, my friend, I think you're 100% right. You know, it has to be something, you know, that you're comfortable with, you know, and I, I think you bring up a really valid point. Yeah, and there are, it's not just... Once you get your commercial, and then if you want to decide to get your commercial multi, if you're going, if you want to do something airlines because you need your multi, mm-hmm. there are other time builders out there. As a commercial, you can do, mm-hmm. you can do banner towing, so you can do crop dusting, you can do mm-hmm. um, what's another pipeline patrol, all these things, mm-hmm. and this is how you can get time to get your fifteen hundred hours, so or if you're doing a six forty one, you just need thousand bucks. Um, you don't need to be a CFI. If you are, if there's a doubt in your mind that, oh, it's kind of like the teaching or it's just an overwhelming thought that, mm-hmm. oh, you have to know all this knowledge, you have to, and then you have to somehow teach it to everyone. And then you gotta sign people off, especially for their first solo and how nerve wracking that could be. Mm-hmm. So I still haven't done it, but I was about <laughs> to solo this one kid, but then I had this thought in my head. I was like, just don't do it yet. He's not ready. Don't just don't <laughs> give in. And, uh, he sold already but it's just those you have to that what that school i went up to cut out me exactly it's mm-hmm. you have to be ready for it and be cut out for something like that nothing it's not a a, a, a teachable skill mm-hmm. teaching is a teachable skill that's where their schools for uh instructors go to because mm-hmm. they want to what's it called when you go to a flight school and the school really nails foi into your brain you know it's mm-hmm. because foi right. is most of the battle you already know all the knowledge about oh what are airspaces or speed mm-hmm. rest- restrictions or whatever it may be you already know all that because you've got into commercial it's the right. foi that's the make or break and if you if a school just oh this is FOI, oh, that's it tosses it aside mm-hmm. you know that it's not gonna end well if it's a school that devotes a little entire, like at Lewis, we had an entire semester worth of FOI. Mm-hmm. So it was week by week, every aspect, every task that they point out on the mm-hmm. truck ride. And maybe I wasn't cut out to be a CFI and then that's what deterred me to be able to, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if you ever want to go and get your CFI, I highly recommend that you have to study up on your FOI skills. And FOI, for those that don't know, it's your uh, fundamentals of instruction. So you're basically yep. learning how to be a teacher. Yep. So I heard this all the hardest written. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I yep. don't even know what I got on it, but it's you have to know how to handle a student. Like, what if a student frees it up on you? What do you do? And mm-hmm. you're you're doing a power install and then you spin. And your student just and that's just has the control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, reading about it recently, that same scenario. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but it happens. And are you ready for it? Exactly. And it's there's what everyone in my school said: always carry a pen on your shirt because you never know when you need it. And I'm not saying kill a student. I'm saying you just <laughs> you yeah. just have to get them to take their hands off the controls. Mm-hmm. And once they do that, then it's your airplane, and you could save yourself from a you spin. Can save yourself. Yep. Yep. I I got into an incipient spin once out of uh, really. Yeah. My With student, a student or years. Uh, oh shoot. Yeah. Oh wow. I just like nudged him in the arm, but he froze on the controls. Be, yep, and the throttle. So it was like you have wow. to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Because was what, it during a maneuver? 
uh, power install. So power my install, yeah. He, uh, and which is we Too much his previous, uh, yeah. He, um, I saw him. We were climbing. I was like, okay, just maintain your heading. So mm -hmm. we, we were starting to drift because the wind was pushing. So he might have been doing this a little bit too much. And yep. then I was watching his ball. It was like being coordinated. And then he, I, what I think happened is because it all happened so fast. He dipped his wing a little bit. At the point we stalled, the ball went out and then it tipped over. And then what he did, because he's still used to, oh, you're stalling, power in full. Yeah. And then he kept it in. He kept it in. He I was like, no, going. pull it out. It's a uh -huh. counterintuitive thing. Yeah, and, it is. And even if you, even another thing that's counterintuitive is even if you're dipping left, you don't put right because that's going to make it worse. That's yep. going to make it. going to wreck with that rudder, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, but yeah, nudged him in the shoulder. He let go of the yoke, and then I got power. For, I did like you know the classic maneuver where you push their hand from underneath. Your hands and, from underneath. Yeah. Yep. Mm, exactly. so, wow. Yeah. And it, it happens. It happens, and it's how you go about that situation. And it's you have to be prepared for stuff like that. Every single time my student does a power on stall, my hands are under the controls. Mm -hmm. It's you have to be prepared. Just got him. Got to be. Yeah. It's just like lifeguards. It's like yeah. lifeguards, you know. But mm -hmm. worse, dude. Has yeah. that ever happened to you, Johnny? You ever had someone freeze up on you? Man, I've had someone, not so much with a student, but I've had a buddy of mine, a uh, close friend. You know, he was he was interested in becoming a pilot. And I was like, man, mm -hmm. just I was living down, still living down there in Mississippi. And I was like, man, let's, let's, let's go flying. Yeah. And that's part of, you know, it's just partly my fault because I picked a uh, really small airfield and you know, trees on both sides. So uh, I was about 60 miles or so. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm sitting in the right seat. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because he wanted to fly. Well, I was like, well, I was sitting in the right seat, you know, you know, strapping enough, being in the right seat. So, right. you know, we're, we're on final. I mean, guys just, you know everything's solid you know looking good you know just 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 kind of watching him there and you know i was showing him i'm like well you know i'm you know it's my controls right you know and just just kind of you know just kind of feel and just kind of see what i'm doing and you know i as i was flying i felt the resistance i'm like you know hey are you you know this just follow what I'm doing. Don't mm. actually just take the <laughs> controls. And, you know, um, it, was, it was a little gusty, you know, that day. You know, things got kind of, you know, things, things got kind of sketchy, you know, we were like short final or so. And, you know, just when we were about to cross the threshold, you know, it was like he was holding on I, I, for even like to this day, you know, oh, I'm not sure what he was thinking. Yeah, we're on final. Oh, and, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, all right, go around. And we went around and I'm like, you know, my controls, you know, as you know, as we breathed and you yeah. know, just wouldn't let go. Of course, I'm a bigger guy, so it just was <laughs> nothing for just kind of reach back and just, you know, scooted them back. <laughs> You know, and, you know, was able to kind of get him, you know, I guess he was able to just get himself together. But, you know, it, it happens. And I've had that, you know, as a safety pilot, you know, at my mm -hmm. old school, um, you know, had situations to where they just, you know, it's just, I think it's just one of those things is us as humans, you know, something, you know, psychological, we get overwhelmed. There's so much information we're being hit at the same time. Until if we're not able to actually allocate it and process it properly, we just like freeze up. 
you know, I think that's, you know, the response, you know, for a lot of folks who just aren't prepared. And, you know, you have to, you got to be able to take control of the situation, just as what Fabian had mentioned. You know, if you're not prepared, you know, you know, there's certain tricks that they teach you uh, in the event something like that does happen. And if you're not prepared, I mean, it's, you know, it can be, it can be, it can be def uh, detrimental for sure. And, you know, as I was mentioning, it's just like lifeguards, for example, you know, you're out there swimming and, you know, you know, you need a lifeguard and you're drowning, you know, that, you know, animalistic instinct yeah, of no. survival takes over. So you're just trying to save yourself. So in the event of trying to save yourself, you're, you're drowning your lifeguard, yeah. you know, same principle. You know, and if you're not cognizant of that, you know, sometimes you just have to push them away, you mm -hmm. know, until you can get yourself in a position to where not only can you save yourself, but you also save that person and, you know, get yourself out of the situation. But, you know, it's, you know, and it's, and it's not just a pilot and student. I mean, that's anybody you're flying with, you know, how many, you know, incidences have we heard of to where, you know, where this, the captain or the FO, you know, something happens where there's something psychological or whatever, what have you, right. you know, and, you know, you have to be that person that say, hey, my controls. And if they don't let go, sometimes you have to escalate it. I mean, you yeah. gotta, you know, you have to save yourself, especially your ATP. So not only is just yourself, it's whatever, how many passengers you got behind you who's relying on you to make that decision. So, you know, it's definitely something you got to be mindful of, especially when you just have anybody near the controls, period. Man, that's a wild concept. As you were talking, I just thought about that. Is there any other profession of that magnitude, being an airliner pilot, where you can, from an every flight-to-flight -flight basis, sit next to someone that you've never seen or met in your life and trust that they have the skill level to help you pilot an aircraft with hundreds of people on board or hundred whatever you're flying but a hundred plus people on board if you're talking regional is fine but with lives on board including your own i can't think of any wild. other one that's like yeah. when you sit back and think about it that's pretty wild man like mm -hmm. it's just so again you know we started this talking about some of the concepts and things that go into making a decision to become an airliner pilot and that just you know as i sat here listening to, bo to both of you that just struck me as as a key a key one of the key ones man that's the level of trust <laughs> you have yeah. to have man like i i don't think i'd go up in a cessna with somebody i don't know right as a, as a passenger <laughs> much less a, a a jet but that's uh it's one of the things that comes with the profession i guess so that's 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 cool man you guys mentioned you know a lot of different avenues again outside of commercial aviation that we wanted to touch on today i think Another cool one is is definitely, you know, one that you guys touched on as well, you know, pipeline inspection. Have you guys, you know, either of you ever done that? So back when I was kind of rambling, um, I picked up a little gig uh, working out of Midland, Texas. And uh, that's what it was, pipeline inspection, which to me was probably like one of the most chill positions ever. Because really? it's a 172. I mean, it was a beat up 172. It was an old P model, but mm -hmm. it was a 172. And, you know, it just, 
you know, you just fly. I mean, there's a, there's a route, particular route that you that you run, and you just run that route. And of course, it would be middle in Texas. I mean, other than density, altitude, and dust storms, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty pretty quiet. And quiet. Yeah, you just run your trip. But um, and I've heard, you know, depending on you know what locale, you know, sometimes you know if you're dealing with you know um, heavily forested area, you know, this you know, those are things you're going to kind of keep in mind. But you know, it's it's. To me, it's probably one of the easiest time builders. But I'll tell you another easy. Um, I mean, it was just like a cake run. I've heard. I've never done, but I've heard. Um, back in the day, I guess banks, in order to get their checks or like payroll checks in at a particular time, they were hire uh, charter. You know, charter no pilots. Way. They would fly really? like a little two. Yeah, they would fly like a little two or six or something. The middle of the mind you now if you're not like a night person that's not the job for you but you know if you're cool with you know uh freight dogging i mean right yeah you know there's guys you know little you know 100 mile trips 200 mile trips you know 206 you know delivering paper checks you know i've, I've heard a lot of folks building times there's there's so many traffic pilots um, especially yeah. kind of where I'm from, you know, of course, you know, agriculture, which, you know, it's a whole other ball of wax, you know, I think Fabian mentioned it as well. Um, I mean, there's just so many opportunities, banner telling, which I always thought was cool. You know, I've never yeah. had experience with it. I'm not sure Fabian has, but I always thought no. it was pretty cool. Man, it's a lot, it's a lot <laughs> more dangerous than it looks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen, crazy. I was watching a tutorial, not tutorial, uh, I guess a, a small docu. Someone that does it here locally, yeah, it's it's wild, man. Like we always see them towing the banner, right? And it looks cool. What we don't see is how they actually pick up the damn banner mm-hmm. and let the damn yeah. banner go. It's <laughs> it's, it's freaking. You're pointing wild. at the ground. You're you're literally yeah, straight, down, straight, and straight down, down, man. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Which goes against everything you're like trained. To That's what I'm saying. That's what do. makes it so you know, weird. And so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're on like us. Gotta be like a six a six degree. What was it? What did they say? It's steep, dude. It's, it's steep, it's man. Wild. I don't know what it is exactly, <laughs> bro. But when I watched a YouTube video, it may have been the same one you uh, you watched. Probably. The guy was nose down, man. He <laughs> was standing there, bro. And if he didn't change like his attitude, he was straight to the upper room man so you have to be <laughs> mindful of what you're yeah. doing and be able to catch the banner and just immediately pitch up but the guy whoever he was was on youtube and shout out to i wish i knew remember the channel but shout out to the guy because he was i mean that's a heck of you know heck of a stick and rudder uh, yeah. pilot to be able to you that's know yeah, I mean it's it's nuts, and then not just that, man. I'm not sure if you guys have actually sat and watched like crop dusting operations. No, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, oh man, it's- you know, especially up around the Mississippi Delta, you know, they do a lot of it, and I mean these guys going under power lines, you know, um, and 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 these aren't like 172s, you know, like we were talking about pipeline. These are 980 horsepower turboprop PT6 powered aircraft i mean these things are no slouches and then they're flying like you know 20 30 feet above the ground you know loop around your little thing and then they'll land on this little sometimes it'll be a dirt road to meet the truck 
pick up some more <laughs> whatever they're picking up. Oh, I have seen flip that. Around yes, and, and flip around on that same damn yes, runway. Man. Yes, yes, I have man. seen that. It's wild. Wild. Yes, yes. yes. How they I saw a video kick and turn it like literally, and then yeah, literally <laughs> kick and turn it. I've seen that. That's pretty the cool. The epitome, the epitome, gentlemen, of stick and rudder. I mean, if you <laughs> if you have any doubt in your mind, you can't pull a steep turn. Leave crop dusting alone. Just, just <laughs> leave <Yeah>. it alone. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, man! If your Shandell game is is, is slipping, leave it alone. Understand? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's right, Max Alley, man. I can see Mike a crop duster pilot. Totally for you, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I hit the Civil Air Patrol before I hit that, man. No thanks. So. Oh, oh my goodness, man. But yeah, Fabian, you, you brought up some, uh, you brought up a really good point, man. Um, you know, and, and I've ran into them, you know, you have CFIs that you can just, you can just read them and tell that, man, it's just not something they want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not to their, you know, not to their fault. It's just no one's told them otherwise, like, hey, man, there's just, there's a better way of doing this. And, you know, and, and the unfortunate part of it, and this again, this is just my humble opinion. I think the unfortunate part of it is, is that the student suffers. You know, mm-hmm. and you know the the polar opposite of that. I've I know folks who have close to ten thousand hours being a CFI, and they just enjoy teaching. That's just something oh, yeah. they want. They'll go buy them a fleet of one seventy twos, and that's just what they do. You know, just love teaching. You know? Those CFIs are gold, man. Gold, Again, man. nothing wrong with those teaching. You know, no, to progress to the airlines. Absolutely I mean, not. No. At the end of the day, that's that's primarily what it's for. But I think there is an aspect of, you know, a CFI that's teaching just to teach because they love to teach and inspire and instruct and see people succeed. I think there is a, there's a there's a special place for them, man, because there's not a lot of them out there. And, we, you know, we've talked about the other side of it, right? The aspect of flight instructors and <laughs> and, you know, that relationship between a student but what we haven't touched on yet is the student and their relationship with the flight instructor, man. They're, you know, putting their life in their hand as well. You know, yep. it, it's, it's you know, some of them are, you know, they hear certain things about, you know, aviation and getting in a small aircraft. And a lot of them, even on a demo flight, are scared out of their mind. Oh, yeah. But it's something that they just want to try and, and want to do to see for themselves. And you as a flight instructor have to make such an impress- impression on them that's really going to translate into this being something that is safe, that is enjoyable, um, and that is very rewarding because, you know, that hour that you're up there with them may, you know, can can lead to one or two things may, you know, they'll fall in love with it and want to come back and want to do it and pursue it. Maybe not necessarily with you or your flight school. Um, but the other side of that is they may never want to do it again because, you know, you took them up and you took them up when it was bumpy <laughs> or you went somewhere where there was a lot of traffic or you were teaching them maneuvers that they wouldn't even do until they're probably in their 10th, 11th, 12th hour. It's just a lot of different things that go into that. I think it's important, you know, for the the student as well to feel comfortable with the flight instructor as it is the flight instructor feeling comfortable with the student and instructing. So that's that's definitely key. 
Absolutely. So Fabian, so like, let's say if I want to go on Discovery Flight, you know, mm-hmm. so what what would be some of the things that you would want to touch on Discovery Flight or something you want to expose the, you know, the uh, potential student to? I would say, obviously, I wouldn't go up and do them. Oh, show me a steep turn. Oh, show me right. a chandelle because those are those are advanced maneuvers. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you, yes, you learn them in your commercial and multi-respectively, but I mean, private respectively, but it's something that is you're demanding a little bit too much from somebody that's literally in the airplane for the first time ever mm-hmm. outside of flying commercially. Yeah. And it's take them if you have like a skyline tour somewhere do the skyline that's a great aspect to teach them and be like mm-hmm. oh look at this have you ever seen the city from this perspective mm-hmm. stuff like that when it comes to maneuvers stalls it's if the kids somebody that likes roller coasters or amusement parks like that mm-hmm. it's the exact same feeling you you go up you fall down and recover yep it's obviously if they are okay with that but then uh, i remember <laughs> mine and we went into a ground room and then he was showing us okay we're gonna just do a stall and he quickly sh- drew a wing and taught me what a stall is i was like oh mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting i didn't think about it that way that a plane can literally just fall out of the sky with like, like it's nothing well it is something it has weight but it, <laughs> um when that force that's magical goes away for a couple seconds it can fall uh and then we went up and did stalls and i was like oh my god this is so fun and it's not for <laughs> everyone so you got no nope. that's where my flight instructor that i went up with he took his experience engaged where i was and what mm-hmm. i was comfortable with and some people aren't it's key like that because yep. somebody might go up and be like okay we're going to do steep turn and then cranks and banks it, and then you're just looking straight at the ground out your window and you're like <laughs> uh, this is scary i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> yep. um, but it's definitely something that obviously in your FOIs you learn of engaging your students, gaining their comfortability, seeing if you can trust them to hold on to the controls during landing without them freezing up, seeing if they are going to, like you said, Johnny, your friend, he held up onto the controls and you had to go around and you have to gauge that. And that's what FOIs teach us is how to gauge. Um, But if it were my student, I would probably... If there was somebody more comfortable with like maneuvers like that or like the roller coaster aspect of it, obviously show them a stall. Um, mm-hmm. Show them turns around a point. That's a quick, easy one. It's nothing mm-hmm. drastic. You're flying a thousand feet off the ground and just, okay, see that point? We're just going to fly a nice circle around it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's some real hand flying and not just like, okay, we're going to fly this, this, and this. It's, yep. You're looking at the point and it's like, okay, I could feel the plane. I'm, I'm flying by mm-hmm. the seat of my pants type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or if there's somebody that's a little more skittish, go and take them to Skyline. We're we're blessed to have Chicago like what half an hour away. Just mm-hmm. find you a Skyline and um, do, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Especially once you're flying like right over Millennium Park and uh, yeah, it's something. Or flying mm-hmm. uh, on the back part of the city, even mm-hmm. seeing looking down, seeing all the streets and all the cars mm-hmm. and people looking like ants. It's <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, that's uh, yeah. man it never gets old I was up there on Saturday uh-huh. too like Johnny was man I was just it was like the first time every almost, time almost every time dude it's just like wow like yeah. I get to Fun do love. this yeah. there's All over. you know like what percentage they said you know one in every how many people actually can fly a plane what day I forgot what it was yeah some but crazy little like number some crazy little number man like it's it really makes you take things in and really feel humbled you know to have the opportunity to be able to partake in uh 
in something like that where a lot of people most people don't most people don't ever (laughs) exactly exactly Uh but i'm gonna tell you guys what really grinds my gears Oh, I know. Fabian brought and up. this segment is brought to you by exactly, <laughs> exactly the wacky. I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> Fabian brought up Chicago, and you know I came up during times like flight sim, you know flight sim ninety eight and all that. And oh, man, Mixfield, <laughs> man, dang it! You know I mean DC tens. I have sent in the Mixfield. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That's just so Look, sad. I still can't believe he he did that and got away. Yeah, with it, man. man. Like so what? Sad. Yeah, and seeing uh, we were driving by and seeing the remnants and like seeing the old building there. But then imagine like where the runway would have been. It's what is it, it like? What does it cool look like? I've I've never seen yeah. like, lo- recent pictures of what does it look like? There? What's uh, there is just a where the terminal used to be. That built. I I don't know if it's the original building, but that's because this is pre my birth time so mm-hmm. uh, uh there's a ter- what looks like a terminal building out there still and they have like a little restaurant and then the on the south side where the runway actually was it's just grass and you can oh, see there's grass. some parts of patch of concrete but rest okay of grass. well mostly it's grass yeah no. it's it's sad it was at no harm i i could see where the thoughts were sure. but it's, I can't. <laughs> Mike's not bad, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Man, they have to take off from the taxiways, man. Like no warning, nothing. <sighs> just man, that, that, that just boggles my mind. Yeah, I hate to bring it, bring down everybody's spirits, but man, that just kind of you mentioned <laughs> Chicago. You can't mention Chicago to me, and I'm not thinking about Mixfield. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Good times. It's- Imagine if it was still around, all the flights that would be coming in and just doing touch and goes to see the skyline. Oh my god! Fly by Millennium. Yeah, it's Air and Water Show would be fun because there would be all these fly-ins. Right. Oh yeah, they would definitely have a bunch of fly-ins there. I mean, the Chicago Vortec probably, you know, is is you know okay with it. It's one less headache for them, but for the most part, you know, it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, man. Because that would be, yeah, that's that. That would be within the Bravo. I don't know how far it is from. Uh, it's from Midway National Midway. It's like, uh, it's twenty-five, I believe, from O'Hare, and then it's about ten from Midway. You uh, yeah. uh, Midway, and it'd then be, that team collided for sure. It mm-hmm. it'd be under the Bravo shelf. Yeah, it'd be on the shelf. Wow. So. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of. I don't want to hear that. There's tons yeah, of airports under the Bravo shelf. I mean, my airport is under the Bravo shelf. They're closing Santa Monica here in a couple of years. Really? Uh, Mainly really? because of you know just noise abatement and, yeah. and you know those residents. But I'm sure that was that was a thought that went into it as well. You know, one less local airport underneath the Los Angeles class Bravo to have to deal with. Man, that place is busy, man. It's oh busy. Lord. I mean, you've got the uh, SFVR or SFVFR. I forgot what the heck they call it. And the uh, LAX mini route that mm-hmm. you can, you know, take back and forth. That kind of helps alleviate, you know, the uh, in-route controllers. But for the most part, man, it's just another, you know, set of traffic that they have to monitor and, and help shepherd in and out of that damn busy airspace. So man. I, I could see that perspective as well. 
Oh, it's, uh, there should be a corridor, at least at Bravo, because right now, flying around it, it's so mm -hmm. pain. It's a big oh pain. Oh my god. Lewis you guys don't have a side. corridor at all? No. Wow. There's none. Dallas either? So, mm -hmm. Wow. It would have been a great thing to have because if you just want to go from, let's say, like Lewis, we're right under the shelf on Bravo. And right as you take off from our southwest runway, it's mm -hmm. like at the end of it, it's mm -hmm. the end of the shelf. So if you could take uh... off and then go right through and then fly northeast bound, that would be such an easy instead of flying around 30 miles. Going 30 around miles, the right. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. But you know, another place that probably sucks, you know, getting in and out of D.C., Oh, oh my gosh. Man, I, I would have felt my airplane, man. Just, <laughs> oh, Dude, you probably have to go so out of your way oh, to man. get in and out of that damn airspace. Shout out to the pilots there who frequent oh, that place, gosh. man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, Which, my what's goodness. Up? I just had a customer at EFS a couple what it, a couple days or a couple weeks ago. Uh, he wanted to do the, the water approach right over mm. the river into DCA. Uh, I could you not. We had a oh the river visual, yeah. Yeah, he had about a fifteen knot crosswind from the the west. So I was telling him, Oof. okay, because he he said I have to turn in the East Trust Bridge. That's what I saw them do on our flight. I was like, well, we have a crosswind here, so we're gonna have to turn <laughs> it a little bit sooner. But uh, he obviously. I just let him because we try to stay away from the controls as much as possible, letting right. the customer fly. Right. But he turned it and then he was like, Zoop, right off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's DC? Oh, it's over there. Yeah. So then I was like, I reloaded it up. I was like, okay, try to turn maybe like the bridge before. And then it lined up pretty nicely. Not accurate, but better than yeah. that way. Yeah. They, they probably don't shoot that with a 15 degree crosswind from yeah. the west. It, they you're on that other one, way, but he wanted to do that. Yeah. River, so I was like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh Which, my goodness. LaGuardia is like that as well. You could get pushed mm, if really? you're not careful. Yeah, shooting the expressway visual coming in at three one that last turn. Mm -hmm. If you're not careful, it'll push you way out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you gotta fight to come left to come back to join uh the final for three one. Oh it's my interesting, goodness. man. A lot of people tend to uh, overshoot that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that one. Especially, especially that one for sure. Especially that one for sure. Fabian, man, have you uh, have you uh, been kind of looking at you know 2020 at all? I know you've been busy with EFS and all the goings on there. You've been kind of following just to kind of see how things are going over in the. <laughs> I was busy, man. I have I actually have X downloaded. Yeah, I got X really? eleven on it, but. I've I got it when COVID started. I was like, I built a PC and I was like, mm -hmm. it's not powerful oh enough to do MFS 2020. I'll tell you, it, like I tried, it was like, mm -hmm. uh, 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 <laughs> there we go. So it, even with the settings downgraded so much, but it was so glitchy. So I was like, I, I'm not gonna do it. So I I stuck with Max Pen 11. I I'm still a big newbie with flight simming like at home because sure. at at work it's just oh turn on the thing it all it all auto uploads and yeah, it's just oh, right. right, ready to go let's go yeah. and then it's just systems but at home it's like finding the actual my yoke sometimes doesn't work or right. the, my computer it's I don't know what's wrong with it it keeps on I thought it was the RAM and I got new RAM thought it was, then the mm -hmm. CPU light came on on the switch and I was like do I need a new CPU <laughs> um, but 
it's it's just a pain of issue after issue and i'm not a <laughs> yeah. computer geek so right uh, but i can build one but i can't fix one i'll tell you that uh, <laughs> no worries then i've the main reason i got explained was because midst of covid i was sitting at home and i didn't want to let my skills go away because i was maybe right a couple more flights from doing my commercial check ride and mm-hmm. COVID hit. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, stuff's falling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> started doing that. I got a honeycomb. I got the Thrustmaster pedals. I got a mm-hmm. throttle quadrant. And then I was just trying to get a feel for it. And I was like, okay, I can do this. But then seeing on the screen, it was like, if I want to do this, like to actually practice, I need right. the VR. Then I, from last uh, podcast, I said, when I put on that VR and I put the throttle and I flew backwards, and I was like, you know what? I give up. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, VR, like, man, it's taxing on you. You got to have a, a wicked yeah. thing to run at, man. Yeah. I, it was, I don't know what was wrong with it because <laughs> everything was set up right. The airplane, I was looking in the cockpit. I was like, okay, I'm looking at all my instruments. I mm-hmm. put the thing in and it just, I saw the steam going forward as, it was <laughs> and I was like, "What's wrong?" So, man, I just gave up the whole steam part of it. Um, there's just some things that are not worth headache. I hear you. I just, man. I just stuck with the the looking at the screen and that's part of it. And then along with that, I went to work because during COVID, right. I, we still right. had the key. I could go, and I am thankful that I had that opportunity and that my girl let me go in there because. I don't know what my skills would have been would have going done. back to flying. Yeah. Right. Man, oh, it's right. so interesting. We talked about that a lot, you know, during COVID and even just, I mean, we're still in COVID. We're saying it like it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting, man, because flight sim can contribute a lot towards number one, gaining kind of the foundation and that skill set um, that you kind of need. Uh, for going out there and flying in the real world, but also maintaining it. Uh, get you in trouble, you know, oh, yeah. develop bad habits, obviously, but there's an aspect of it that, you know, and there's been studies, man. You talk to any, and you, again, Johnny and, you, and Fabian, you guys have both been flight instructors or are flight instructors, and I'm sure you guys have had students and can tell them apart for those that, you know, been in a flight simulator and no flight sim and no aviation probably progress a lot quicker than folks that said oh look an airplane i want to fly it right because they've been able to get in the sim and build some of those core foundations that are required but it's uh, i think it's, it's, to, it's pretty cool yeah and i was gonna say even if it's just a regular flight sim at home it doesn't have to be stuff like we have at work because oh yeah, I was oh, thinking, yeah. we had a 10 year old kid come in one day and then he got in the seat and then he was like okay i'm gonna put the fmc can you just sit back and i was like okay and this all kid right. is like going through the takeoff page, the landing page, and all this. Set it off. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid's 10 years old. And I just imagine yep. what he could be doing when he's going to be, I don't know, like 16, 17. And he actually exactly. goes out and gets his private. Exactly. So yep. It does help build maybe not the technical skill of the feel of the airplane, sure. but it gets right. the procedures. You get to yep. know your procedures and knowing Mm-hmm. how to task manage and okay i'm going to concentrate this then and this and oh yeah mm-hmm. there was a study done that pilots brains are so much differently developed than an average human because of how many things we're going and processing a lot of tasks one. oh yeah. yeah a lot 
We have yeah, and the sim, appeal. the sim can help with that too. Oh, for exactly. sure, definitely helps with task saturation, man. Like for sure, during COVID as well, I joined Pilot Edge, man, and would just take the 172 up and do the same things that I've been doing here around my local airport, mm-hmm. just to kind of mimic that stuff, man. You know, mm-hmm. pick up flight following, pick up transition through the Bravo or through the Charlie, mm-hmm. um, just some of those things that you know get four flight up here and have it connected to the sim just mimic as much as you can the Mm. real world scenario and i think it's incredible how far flight simming and technology has come to allow us to do that it's uh absolutely it's awesome sky's the limit man absolutely prime example you know it's funny because we went flying yesterday me and a friend of mine and um you know he was like man johnny you know uh you know working my on my instrument and trying to get everything set up what do i need to do well buddy do i have a tool for you <laughs> you know and i'm just you know i'm just, you know explaining it because you know of course you know reality xp right you know with the just a light for like g you know uh gns 430 you know garmin setup or gt and 750 i mean they basically take the trainers the garmin trainers that we all play with and put them into the sim Yep. You know, uh, you know, um, air traffic control ops, you got pilot edge, you get VATSIM. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't want to deal with the heavy iron, which I totally get, you know, I mean, no one, not everybody wants to press a button and just let do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you got A2A4172 simulation, then you got Airfoil Labs 4172 simulation and X Plane. I yep. mean, there's just so many different options out there. Yeah, especially I could I could only imagine being a CFI during this time, you know, and you know having a kid, you know, like Fabian was mentioning, coming in there and just completely running the thing because he's done it 500 freaking hours in the set. Exactly. You know. Yep. Yep. It's it's underestimated for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and and also to your point, Mike, you can. <laughs> you, you, there is the opportunity <laughs> for bad habits. We all know this, you know. Greaser, man, butter, butter, <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight butter. to the trees, man. Butter yourself straight into straight those trees. Straight to the trees, man. Straight to the four hundred five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, we 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 uh, we joke, Fabian, but yeah, yeah, you know how you're trying to get the butter, right? Yeah, and you exactly. burn up, yeah, way too much runway, man, and you know, like halfway down the runway, right? You're like at the three thousand foot mark, and like you just now touched that. Yeah, man, it's way too much, bro. Wait, yeah. and and that's where that simulator aspect is differentiated from the real life because yep. you don't have that feel of okay, I'm I'm drag like you can't feel the drag, you yep. can't feel that pressure on the yoke that you're oh, yep. okay, it's about a flare. I mean, yep. you're about to settle, and you can't just look over and see the tire how high it's from the ground because yep. you only have this. And if you take your attention, oh, you might just balloon right up. Yep. So, and that's where there's that barrier between the two. But as for procedures there's not really much of a difference even if you want to sit at home and like if you're already going doing your private and you fly let's say an s model with all those switches Mm -hmm. checklist all right bam 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 okay i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. okay bam bam it's basically like chair flying Mm -hmm. exactly i was just gonna say a lot of people you know before flight sim was flight sim right when you would go for flight instructing you know instructors tell you all the time go home and chair fly chair fly, yep. chair fly. Mm-hmm. I, we could do one better now yep. get in the, yeah. get in the sim and, and and do it again you're not going to get 
those experiences, even with the most sophisticated weather add-ons that and we have even now. that level D's, man, are yeah, just sometimes exactly. are just not. You, exactly. you just can't replace that feel. You just can't. Right, right. But it it definitely helps, man. Absolutely, helps. absolutely. Oh my goodness, man! Wow, I'm just this is this is really cool because I've been wanting to touch on this again, and and Mike knows, man, for like for a while now. We have this conversation almost daily, Fabian. Like you, you reaching out to us was timely, man, because I think it's something that you know definitely had to be said, guys. Like there's there's so much there's so many different routes that you can take in aviation. And I think the more we continue to educate and I don't say educate, man, at the end of the day, you know, we're not teachers in that kind of official capacity. Although, Fabian, you are from a flight instructor and Johnny, you were as well. But in terms of like, you know, we're not experts in aviation, right? You know, there, mm-hmm. there's people out there that definitely do that and can talk about that. But we've got an audience here that, you know, we, we like to connect with and talk with and collaborate with. And I think the more we can do to kind of provide our perspective that is based on some of the things that we've seen and some of the things that we know and some of the real world perspective as well, mm-hmm. I think will definitely help and go a long way. So Fabian, appreciate you reaching out. Appreciate Absolutely. you taking the time. Yeah. You're going to be at Flight Sim Expo, right? The, the entire team, the entire EFS team. Yep. It's gonna be Johnny's awesome. eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. going to be Looking myself, my girlfriend, um, Mike Gerga, and then his wife is coming out. Oh, Four of us oh, are going to be nice. out there. So. Yeah, oh, awesome. gonna be so gonna be a cool. fun time. That's gonna be oh, cool, man. We'll, we'll definitely have to hit you guys up. You guys gotta stop by close traffic, man. We can absolutely we can, we can chat live and and then yeah. uh, connect with the audience and for the folks that are gonna be there live. Man, it's coming so quick. I remember when we made the man. announcement when we were, you know, talking about being partners with um the flights and expo folks and freaking September is gonna be here before you know it. Yeah. <laughs> Five yeah. weeks. Five weeks. Holy smokes, man. I can't wait. Vacation. Is it really five weeks? Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. I'm in, bro. See, you've been sending it so much, Mike, so you hadn't had a chance to really. Oh, me. Yeah, I'm the guilty one. <laughs> I, heard, I, heard you're working on a, I heard you're working on a flight footage video right now for your channel. <laughs> oh, man. Number two. I hadn't got number one out yet, so yeah. That's, that's, that's my plight. Yeah. <laughs> we just Baby, do you record? A... Sorry. Yeah, I, I literally, yeah, I was going to say, we. I'm the other day, I was sitting with Mike, and then I just started, I was like, okay, you know what? We got we to gotta go out a little bit more, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys know Evan from FSA. Mm-hmm. So oh, we yeah. reach out with them. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a webinar with them. So in <gasps> October, November. So we're going nice. to go full blown platforms everywhere. And it's going to be like a question base. Mike's going to be flying it. I'm going to do a, a, a short leg. And then I'm going to be sitting and reading out the questions to Mike. And then we're both going to answer it that way. Oh, that's Ooh, cool. cool. And then today we also, I did a, if you guys want to check out our YouTube channel and Twitch page. I Absolutely. Just did a, a, yeah, we'll link, we'll link there. them in there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So I whole, just went in there, redesigned everything. So it's, we had a couple old videos in there that were like off a little, I don't even know what it was. And maybe an iPhone five and the video is mm-hmm. so grainy, but now it's, <laughs> yeah, but uh it's it's a it's definitely a new look to what efs is right now oh, the cool. twitch page our youtube page our instagram um all that it has it's in the process of being changed and upgraded so we can connect more with our customers connect more with all the other flight enthusiasts out there absolutely um, hopefully uh if everything works out with travel plans we're trying to get uh, somebody uh 
a YouTuber coming out to EFS and seeing how that goes. So that oh, should nice. be on the in the loop in a maybe in a few weeks. We'll see what the travel restrictions hold off, but oh, it's yeah. just extra extra things to keep on adding over to us. For sure, that's super cool. I'm looking at you guys' channel, right? You did have a recent one up. Yeah, yeah. look at Mike in that IMC, man. Yeah, I think in that one we did a ILS PRM approach at O'Hare. Oh which, yeah, that was my first time seeing a PRM approach. I was like, oh, that's crazy because you just come Ooh. in like on angles. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Precision runway monitor surveillance. Wow, that's cool. Holy smokes. There's another one I'm editing right now. We had a, I think he was 12 or 13 years old. A kid came in for his birthday and Mike hmm. flew with him. And that's another thing that's going to be coming up in the short. I'm still editing it right now, but mm-hmm. in a few days, um, but it's just adding content. Like you guys said, in your, uh, there was one podcast you had with <laughs> XP, XP72 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, just add that content. Just set up a camera, yep. start talking, and record. Yep, yep. record, yep. man. That's where it all starts. Yep. That's yep. where it all starts. You know, holy smokes, man. That's too cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Yeah, I've been slacking, Fabian. I think you know it. <laughs> and you know what? Mike puts it all on me. Mike, man, when was the last time you threw something up? I'm just saying. Oh, man. I, have, I don't know. It's going on probably two weeks now, man. It's not slacking, man. It's just, you know. It's busy, dude. Just, yeah, and again, like we said in the beginning, it's not like it's busy, bad busy. It's good busy. Yeah. You know, we we spent an entire year and some change locked down mm-hmm. at home, having nothing to do but flight <laughs> flight simming. Right <laughs> now that things have opened back up, and there's things that you know that we've put off for you know last year and a half, and. You know, lost some of those skills as it relates to real world flying. Maybe I'm trying to get out there as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, other things going on with the family, other things with work. Mm-hmm. You know, things are going well there, thankfully. You know, there's a lot of folks still out there uh, that don't have work or haven't kind of worked back up to how things were financially mm-hmm. um, and business wise prior to COVID so we got to keep that in mind as well and I'm mm-hmm. fortunate and blessed that things are looking up on that end so Absolutely. you know I'm getting grounded and keeping busy there as well it's all good stuff man I, oh, I miss yeah. the community but you know we try to tune in on our sure. our fellow content creators where and when we and can the background. <laughs> in the background and you know check them out they've been they've been sending it man sending it man you guys awesome. are listening keep, if you guys are listening keep up the great work absolutely uh, love seeing you guys absolutely and we'll definitely uh, be throwing something up here again soon one day we'll see oh <laughs> yeah for sure one of these days for sure well Fabian my friend you know, now that you're our official Close Traffic Podcast member. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any, Surprise! Any, uh, any final thoughts for the uh, for the crew? Final thoughts for the community? Just like last time, it's you gotta keep, you just gotta go out there and do what you gotta do, and Bingo. if if it was, if you, anyone out there has ever thought, oh, if I get my flight ratings, oh, I have to do airlines, you don't. We can go out there and do other stuff. You can, like Johnny and Mike were saying, you can go do banner towing, even though how crazy it seems uh, being pointed at the ground. But you can do banner towing. You could do pipeline patrol. Uh, what I've been seeing quite a bit now, it's people flying out and doing inspections of wind turbines because we have a couple mm. out here in South mm. and just flying around those and inspecting those. Obviously, mm-hmm. don't crash into them, but <laughs> right. inspecting those say. things. Yeah. Um, it's there are so many opportunities that's just a, a couple few to list out there's 
like the banners, the I mean the the bank stuff, flying around with paper checks and stuff like that. It's, well, I'm so the best thing never... now. Shout out to ADP. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. no yeah. It's cool, man. They're they're out there. Skyline tours. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. that. Yeah. Anything and everything. I know so, someone I'm, that recently just uh, left uh, FedEx. They were doing uh, their feeder route in the two. Was it two two eight? Two oh eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, FedEx out of uh, doing Santa Barbara to Ontario and back like a couple times a day, man. And uh, you know, I talked with him. The thing is so much fun. It's some of the things that you don't realize, like, and that's what I'm talking about. When we mentioned in the beginning, like, you think about a pilot for FedEx. Your first immediate thought is a seven five seven. Yeah, <laughs> flying the seven five seven for FedEx. Like yep. there are so many levels underneath that that yep. you kind of have to go through first. And if you never pass that, it's quite fine yep. because all the other levels are. It, it, it's not. It's not for everyone. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of mentality and that's the kind of things that we want to continue to push out there in the, to the community, man. And Fabian, it was a pleasure having you on again. Appreciate all the thank you guys for having you know, me. The, the knowledge and the thoughts and. Um, if we don't talk again before mm-hmm. here live, obviously we'll talk again. But live here For on the sure. podcast, the folks will definitely hear from you uh, once we're live at uh, Flight Sim Con here mm-hmm. in uh, Expo, I should say. Yep. In a couple weeks, man. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, I can't wait. That's yeah, gonna be a blast, man. Whew. Cannot wait, Johnny. Man, any parting words? Man, you keep the take blue us side out? up, y'all. Keep the blue side <laughs> up, guys. Side up. You know, yeah. do the right things right first time. Um, you know, just stay safe out there. You know, um, COVID, still COVID, you know, still a thing. Um, again, just look out for each other. And yeah, you know, those those content creators out there, y'all keep sending it. You know, keep doing your thing. You know, and we'll keep watching. Till next time, guys. Sure shall. Till next time. Oh, I'm sorry. By the way, Mike, <laughs> drop the dates, man. Drop the dates for the expo, man, for the people, bro. Uh, expo dates September 20. Let me not lie. Let me not lie. Mm-hmm, I believe mm-hmm, it is 20. Mm-hmm. September 24, 25, and 26. Uh, yeah. So come out. It's uh, Friday. We've we spoken to a couple folks in the community that will be flying in, uh, I think, Friday evening. I cannot wait to. Yeah. That's the other aspect of it, man. Like, we connected with these folks over the last year and change, and we've yet to meet anyone. Hell, man, I don't even think you guys know. I'll, I'll bust a secret out here. Johnny and I have never met face to face. Never. <laughs> really? Never met face to face, man. Like, never. And, and I think that's what's so cool about over the last year and a half. We've developed all of these relationships remotely with so many folks, man. And I mm-hmm. cannot wait to just come out and meet everyone it's going to be a blast so yeah if you are going to be there stop by the uh close traffic podcast stop by efs as well and uh, we'll definitely see you guys there for sure awesome well ladies and gentlemen uh with that note you guys take care of yourselves and please take care of each other till then again keep the blue side up and we'll see you at the expo take care see ya yep